Hello, everyone. We are excited to have Megan Poole. She is an executive recruiter as well as host of the Pivot with Purpose podcast, which we have been on, on the style that finds us podcast today. Megan has worked for over 20 years as a senior level recruiter in the luxury specialty and consumer retail industries. She has placed high achievers in their dream jobs and built high performing executive teams. She's also helped everyone from globally recognized corporate brands to solopreneurs create profitable businesses by getting the right people on their teams with her expert talent development strategies. We're so excited to speak with her today about the future of work and the landscape of work. Thank you, Megan, for being here. Oh, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me on. My two favorite fashionistas. <laughs> I can't wait to dive in. <laughs> There is a lot happening. We're all trying to figure it out. But what do you think is happening right now in the work world? Yeah, the future of work, right? Oh, gosh. I feel like we've just been on a roller coaster, mm -hmm. first and foremost. And I think very much with my business, as you introed, you know, I recruit for luxury fashion and, you know, very much in that front facing service industry that was certainly was very affected in, in 2020. But now, Gosh, even almost like within this year of last summer to this summer, the hiring has just been a frenzy, first and foremost, you know, and I think that um, maybe we're plateauing a bit in terms of companies like really scrambling as they were furloughed and laying off people in 2020 and then needing to like rehire <laughs> as things were opening or like, oh, my gosh, it's like so crazy um, in terms of business where the, the swing went, you know, in the opposite direction. But I definitely feel like recruiting and hiring and just this like job search market, I, I said this in one of my posts, but it's almost like an Olympic sport, Delia, <laughs> where you have to have patience and resilience <laughs> and perseverance and, you know, just uh, take a deep breath every day. Mm. I think that, um, you know, there's absolutely brands that are hiring and, you know, is it still a candidate driven market? I think in some aspects and some disciplines, sure. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like there's, there was definitely a lot, big population of people that, you know, kind of made very meaningful moves over the past like year and a half. So mm -hmm. um, if you want to find that great talent, they might not be just throwing their resume out, you know, and out in, in the world out there, mm -hmm. uh, which is obviously a, a big plus with working with a recruiter and agency, because we have those relationships with the top performers that we can give a call quickly and hopefully they want to take our call and uh, want to mm -hmm. hear what we have going on. But I think um, the future of work and what's going on now is, you know, to hire and retain top talent, you better have a good work culture, environment, story, all the things. And then to be a marketable candidate, like you, you better have a strong why and, you know, really be able to show up and nail an interview. And, and I would say arguably still be able to stand out in a sea of competition. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's a lot of fast and furious things going, but you know, there's definitely a vibe of where it, it also just feels like a lot still, you know, Right. And that's a lot of what's going on in our world as well. So it's always, we're always just affected in so many ways in this industry, as Absolutely. you guys know, you know, sure. back and forth, it changes by the day. It seems like, yeah. um, and I'm curious to know when you are reaching out to people for a company, uh, you know, we're always talking about what the future of work is going to look like. So this, you know, either you have to come back in the office or you work stri strictly from home or this hybrid model that I was thinking would be the best thing. And then I was talking to someone and they said, the only problem with the hybrid model is you might be coming in to the, to the office on a day when someone else is working from home that day. So you're still not building those work relationships and that collaborative environment. If, unless everybody comes in the same three, three days, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts about all that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think for companies, there's definitely the brands I work with that mm -hmm. have been for a bit now, like the five days, like we're back in it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I personally, you know, have been somebody that has navigated r really well over my, my tenure here at Bowerman, you know, kind of knowing what that work from home model looks like. But mm -hmm. I agree. I think that there's something in terms of just like energy and also like being able to just get 
things done quicker, mm-hmm. wherein if you're in person, mm-hmm. and I mean, think about it, think about how many Zooms and mm-hmm. conversations and how we like wore ourselves out digitally over the past couple of years of like having mm-hmm. to be on video and, you know, the meetings and everything. So I feel like there's so much more that people are feeling like you can get done in the office. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's five days, some, some individuals love being in the office. You're right. They're like, get me out of my house. <laughs> get me right. out of like the shared space. Get me out of like having to lock my kids out of right. the bedroom so I can take a call and just like feel <laughs> like you're back in a professional setting again, right. you know? But then on the swing, you know, there's certainly some that have identified this new, whether you call it balance or quality of life element, where maybe there's somebody that's had an aggressive commute. Or, uh-huh. you know, certainly was compromising in other ways to like kind of get in and, and make it work that are like, okay, if I, you know, have the three days, I'm going to go in and have, you know, two days working from home. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, even my husband in finance, like he at least has like one day um, Fridays, they have like their Friday work from home, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a great model. Yes. And I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do agree with you. I think that um, having three days, which many of my clients I work with Mm -hmm. absolutely identify three days that everyone is coming in Mm -hmm. because you're right. You know, if someone's not there or there's a critical cross-functional team member that you knew part with and they're not there, then it's, it it just feels like you're working hybrid. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. we came in for kind of like everyone to be in person. Like, I don't want to have to jump on another video with somebody who's not in the office, you know? Right. So if, if maybe companies are trying to structure plans like that, it's then we'll make sure then the right team and the right people are all in on the same day. You mm-hmm. know, you definitely mm-hmm. saw a little bit of that rotating schedule through the pandemic of like, oh, there was team A that came in on these days, team B exactly. that came in this day. Yeah. And a lot of that was like because of COVID, but right. you know, now that some of all the restrictions, I mean, we're just kind of getting out there and living our lives, to be honest, like that's all we can do at this point. And right. um I think to be very mindful of companies. So if it's a candidate, you know, that's listening in, that's like, oh, I want to make a career move. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely those five days a week where mm-hmm. a lot of brands are like saying, you know, we're, we're in office and this is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, you certainly can have the hybrid, but then like fully remote, like I'm definitely seeing a lot more of those positions that maybe are tend to be a bit more the back of the house positions um, anyway. So like some digital analysts or the creatives, like social media content, potential people, mm-hmm. um, e you know, where I've even had um, my clients that have hired people that are in different states, same time zone, mm-hmm. but they would say like, okay, if you, you know, can manage this, we would have you come in on a monthly basis for, for like a week mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel like it's all over the place and it's a little bit of mm-hmm. due diligence, right? Of a candidate to say, what is going to be important to me? What's going to work with my lifestyle mm-hmm. and brands to just stay firm and have consistency. But I definitely feel like a hybrid success is when everyone's coming in on the same day. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really what I'm saying, to be honest. So there's, there's different options, <laughs> you know, it's right. like choose what you want, but if it's a dream brand that you're excited to work for right. and you know, you feel like you don't want to align with the schedule. I mean, at some point you're going to have to make a decision. And mm-hmm. again, everybody has different things that they're working through, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think more clients I see have hybrid versus full-time, but again, there's definitely those full-time brands that really right. want to be together. So, yeah. Well, that's very, very interesting and good, you know, good to talk about and good so that people can decide what's the most important to them. Like you said, if they have to move or if they have to go into the office or if they can just stay home all the time. But I just have this feeling that people that have opted to stay home all the time are going to start to feel when the, when the rest of the world is together collaborating and out and about, they're going to start feeling like they're missing out, you know, that they're really not a part of the team. Yeah, no, that's, those are real, those are real feelings. And, you know, at least to be, especially depending on like what level you're at, right. to be involved with meetings or cor- corporate visits or whatever it is. Right. Absolutely. The element of, of that person not being there is definitely going to wear on both sides. Right. Um, yeah. And, and out of sight, out of mind, if yeah. you're going to move up, you know, you need to have some face time in there. 
Right. Cause think about how many like water cooler conversations know, <laughs> happen or side off conversations, you know, where you're not, if you're just so disconnected and unplugged, then you're just kind of going through right. emotions of whatever's coming at you for the day. Not right. Really. Even, yeah, exactly. Even if it's, even if your work is, you know, you're doing well, it's not the same thing when they're thinking, who do I want on my team? They can look across the office and go, she is here. She works so hard. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, you're just yeah there coming in and doing your thing. So, all right. Well, yeah. So fascinating. And what's nice about you from the executive recruiting side is that you have the perspective of both uh-huh. the companies and the right. candidates. So we yeah. give some insight into types of jobs and cultures that employees are looking for right now. Yeah. I mean, so hiring for all disciplines. So for where I support, we definitely recruit for retail functions. So um, we staff big, juicy flagship <laughs> level, mm-hmm. you know, sales and leadership positions. And, you know, speaking from that side, I would say, we obviously know those are the ones that are front facing, definitely coming in um, mm-hmm. on a on their schedule basis. And, you know, I think in a lot of states across the country, masks have been lifted and you can see people's smiles again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some are wearing masks, but it's a, more of like a comfort thing. So the store environment, I mean, we just had tax-free weekend here in Boston. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. <laughs> it was insane. You know, people are out shopping and I mm-hmm. think for retail candidates. Um, definitely. It all starts from the top. People want to work with great brands that have great leaders that lead with empathy and compassion and are very like people focused and, you know, front minded. Um, you know, I think we are still dealing with a lot and, and certainly with COVID coming up or other things coming up. I, I think there's a certain level of flexibility we now need in stores to say like, okay, you know, if someone has to call out or someone's not available, you know, we need to make sure that we have a game plan and we're protected. But I think that for anyone working in retail stores, they want to be working around great people. You know what that energy looks like when you're in a store and you feel like everyone's driving and truly wants to be there. So, um, but again, that starts with the top and um, we've helped some great brands hire flagship GMs on, you know, Fifth Ave, Madison, all across the country. So that's been really exciting to see. And the, and the culture is just one where they feel like they're going to come in and be seen and be heard and have great autonomy in their role, you know, in terms of like being a decision maker versus like just executing type of deal um, and feeling like they have ownership of the source. So that's that within corporate. I mean, gosh, we've been hiring marketing Ecom, digital, social, creatives, um, ops. I mean, really anything that you can think of, we really kind of cover. But just going back to what we were talking about, I think the corporate environment, a lot of times the first question is like, what's the work schedule? You know, like, what are what are they doing? Are they hybrid? Are they remote? Are they whatever? And then again, the leadership, the people, what is it like to, to work in that office environment? What is the office? What do the offices look like? Um, I think to save on overhead, there's definitely some brands that kind of pivoted office spaces <laughs> through the pandemic. And my thing is that I know we've talked about this, Allison, with people getting dressed and going into in-person interviews. If you're interviewing for a corporate position and there is a in-person or hybrid, you definitely want to go in and you want to go in and see the office. Uh, I think it's so important and gosh, you know, for all the virtual interviews that we've done over the past couple of years, I think you get such a vibe stepping into an office environment and, and maybe you guys can agree with this, but just feeling like, again, very much like a retail store, people are enjoying working here. You know, you can kind of see the space. I mean, I've had people interview where they've went into an office and they pivoted and it was kind of like a dungeony like basement with no windows. And they're like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, I'll just stay home. Thanks. <laughs> no. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, um, so that's, you know, the, there are so many brands hiring for so many great positions, but I think what it boils down to culturally is foundational across like all elements of our retail landscape. It's mm-hmm. what, who are the people who's leading? How do they lead? And what does my work and office environment look like? And that's kind of like what it boils down to and what I think is at the forefront of everyone's mind going to processes. So something to think about on both sides as a client, 
you know, how are we setting mm-hmm. up the office and how are we setting up our interview process to make mm-hmm. it attractive to people coming in? Right. And then on the other side for candidates, like go in there with a list of the things, you know, that are really going to be important and just eyes wide open. Yeah. Be also a silent observer of like what's going on and how people are acting and or mm-hmm. being treated, so to speak. Exactly. So, yeah. Like that first person, when you walk in the receptionist, yeah. you know, from the very beginning, is she or he, you know, friendly and welcoming or, or completely miserable and exactly. feels like she has no time for you, but you're right. like, mm, I'm here for an important meeting. And then right. you're, to to her. you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious too about the companies themselves. I've read a few things, you know, where there were so many jobs that needed to be filled mm-hmm. that the companies were having to give, you know, give in a sort of a little bit, in order to keep, cause the, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the people that were interviewing for the job knew that they kind of had the upper hand Could leverage. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Ha- is that still a thing or what's going on there? Have they figured out a way to, to get their, you know, to get the upper hand back? I think so. Because again, with the Olympic sport that we've been experiencing, you know, it has calmed a bit. I think where, it gets a little wild is Mm -hmm. from like a salary expectation point of view Ah. where in, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Negotiating salary and, and dropping the hammer of like where your salary expectations are, you know, certainly, um, has been real kind of eye opening. Like everybody's just like everywhere these days. And, and, Listen, I coach people also from a career point of view, and I work a lot of one-on-one with clients of like, know your worth, Mm -hmm. but also don't price yourself out of a job, you know, just Mm -hmm. because you think you need to be making X, Y, and Z because Mm -hmm. that's, you know, where you need to be at type of deal. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Like we all have to make sure our financials align, Mm -hmm. but I think where companies can be flexible and, and I work on a lot of projects is like, okay, here's the candidate. They may be at X, like a little over budget, but you know, there's a really great benefits packet program, Mm -hmm. or there's like other offerings that we can say monetarily, maybe if we can't get to this Mm -hmm. base bottom line right now, Mm -hmm. you know, what else is important to you? PTO time, you know, like time off. Um, There's just so many other factors, but I think like we're Mm-hmm. I would caution anyone going in is like set realistic salary expectations mm-hmm. for yourself, mm-hmm. but then also like keep an open mind about mm-hmm. what other offerings could there be. And, and I know there's a lot of companies that will say, okay, let's do in six months an evaluation right. of where you're at. Right. Um, so I will say there's less companies throwing huge salaries at people that sure. haven't even wor- worked one day yet that, That's you know, it. are going to come in and, and be paid all this money. And then are you going to perform? You right. know, there's a lot less risks being taken on that end. Or, you know, they do see the value of someone showing up A plus to an interview, mm-hmm. absolutely crushing it, super prepared. And they know like, wow, this is going to be an investment hire. Mm-hmm. Um, you okay. know, so just be, yeah, be smart about, where your experience is at and, you know, where you need to be financially. But I, I just truly think like, that's really the biggest thing that always stands out for me is yeah. the bu- are the budgets. It's like, you know, how flexible does everybody want to be on all sides to, right. to make this work? Yeah. So, that makes yeah. sense. And you're being very diplomatic, but what I, what I'm thinking is some yeah. first time job seekers are throwing out really big yes. numbers and they have to be yeah. more realistic. Right. It reminds me, sort of like of looking for an apartment in New York city, you know, you're not going to get everything, but the rent is higher, but you get, you know, so-and-so for free or you get one, you know, whatever you have to decide, well, this one doesn't have a terrace, but this one has a bigger bedroom or blah, blah, blah. Same thing with, with the job. Yeah. And there's no perfect job and there's no perfect candidate. So on both sides, I mean, I wish right in a perfect world, like I will say I get like 97% for sure. (laughs) But at some point, you know, there could be a candidate missing X, Y, and Z or job missing X, Y, and Z, but the flexibility will be there in other ways where it's like, oh gosh, like this is a brand I'm dying to work for. This is like a position I know is going to like advance my career and so on and so forth. So you just have to be, you just have to be super smart. We absolutely need to get paid to work, but there has to be right. so much more than the financials there yes. for, for yes. anyone to like really feel good about it. So. Yes. 
because you can get paid a bunch of money and work for a terrible company and, and, go cry, nowhere. and cry every day. And you're like, right. mm, is that worth it? You yeah. Know? So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Next thing I want to talk about is how to stand apart when interviewing. And with the South that binds us, we, when I interview for interns, you would not believe that they show up with a t-shirt mm-hmm. and messy hair Mm-hmm. and like a messy, just kind of on their bed, unmade bed. I mean, anyway, it's insane. And I, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to like sit there and some of them show up in like a suit and it's very nice, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be like, Hey, next time you should do this. I just right. got to let them do what they're going to do. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> I know we need to like latch into, and I did in the pandemic with Parsons and a couple of other colleges mm-hmm. In just giving talks, like I'm also a big part of Dress for Success here in Boston, mm-hmm. which also has a professional women's group that have women from all levels of work experience. We actually just did it, an in-person with some high school kids uh, last week, teaching them how to dress That's and great. why. And I think a big um, argument with the 14 to 16 year old population mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to work for a company that's going to make me change who I am. I'm like, it's oh my gosh. not about that. So, I so mean, funny. I, yeah, I certainly feel like there's a narrative there of maybe coaching, maybe it's all of our missions to keep, you know, loud and strategically putting it out there of like, yeah, you need to show up and your presence and your energy walks through the door before you even do. Right. And also they're one person. And a company has its own identity, you know? So when you're going to be working with a group of people, you know, that goes along with it. Right. Yeah. The company is not going to change how they want to be thought of in the world for you. Right. You know, if you're young and coming in for the first time as an assistant. So, yeah, it's that maturity shift, you know, and and it is a maturity shift. I think that, it's so hard. You know, you give so, so many people credit, especially college students coming out in yeah. the pandemic, like just being not in school and shifting and, and you're right, yeah. kind of maybe falling flat on their routines or, or whatnot. But I will say to nail an interview, yes, you have to show up. You have mm-hmm. to be able to go in and research a company or a brand, like get online, do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Who are you interviewing with? Um, check out their profile, check out a company website, go visit a store, check out the vibe, you know, whatever, yes. whatever it is um, so that yeah. you show up and you at least try to mirror a bit of right. like their style, whether it be a right. fashion brand where you can wear something kind of cute and fashionable sure. to a corporate, very zipped up situation where you probably want to wear some type of suiting or a suit jacket and mm-hmm. be super polished. But the visual piece is huge. And then also to nail an interview, A, you have to be able to talk about yourself and the value that you're going to add to an organization, which a Mm -hmm. lot of people struggle with. And that's what I coach incessantly too. It's like, no one is going to know what you do unless you tell them. So really sitting down and writing out your accomplishments, but specific facts, you know, sharing facts. And then secondly, why do you want to work for that company? Why do you want to work for that brand? So many people miss out and are being passed over these days because they show up to an interview, they haven't done their research on a brand, or they can't articulate why. Um, And if any words of wisdom and advice that I can say, anyone listening in, like work at a company that you feel like you're going to have some type of passion about. I've definitely argued with people in my day back and forth with with clients and, and candidates, I should say, they're like, well... I can just do the job. I don't have to like the company. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, if you're going to be a creative designer or um, head of wholesale, you probably need to like the product. (laughs) So um, (laughs) I know you guys can like relate to this, but it's just like, have a passion for the brand. That's going to be felt. And if it's not felt, you're not going to get hired. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes. That's true. And also respect for the brand. I think they, younger people have been, told that it's important to be unique and that you need to be, you know, yourself and authentic. And they've also been taught to, to think in the terms of what can you do for me? Right. Where yes, yes. The, the brand or the store wants to know what can you do for us? Why? Exactly. Why you, why should we hire you over the other person? And they really need to somehow 
remember that or, or believe the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Be outward focused somehow. So yeah, well, in a two way street, in a beautiful interview situation, it's mm-hmm. selling on both sides. Right. Why hire me and why work here? Those are the right. two million dollar questions. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a negotiation. Yeah. Megan, do you think that there are detrimental side effects to the four-hour workweek concept, especially with Gen Z? One of my clients, it does kind of seem like Gen Z and maybe even people my age, 30, they do want to, they want to now have a balanced line. Mm-hmm. They want to like whatever, but it's almost one of my clients, she was a teacher and she said, you know, oh, what do y'all want to do with your career? And she said they were almost apathetic until she said, oh, I'm thinking about starting my own company. And then Mm. they started to get very excited. Also with the fact that with the social media influencer life, that people think they can become famous on TikTok. Anyway, I I feel for this Gen Z population. I have very serious opinions about it that I don't necessarily want to share. I know. Because yeah. I'll get a lot of backlash, but tell us, <laughs> tell me what's happening here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a lot to unpack for sure. Maybe we can share in person when I'm there in New York City at the end of September. We'll just do a little one-on-one powwow together. But no, and, and listen, I mean, again, going back to everybody is going to have a different level of expectations, lifestyle everything, but to think about having a work-life balance and being able to, to travel or do the things you want, you have to, you have to get paid. You have to have a job unless you're independently wealthy or someone's giving you money. Amazing. But at the end of the day, a four hour work week, I mean, listen, maybe if you're a creative, maybe if, you know, you're on contract or you, you are, you're dealing with some type of a social element in terms of content creation or whatnot, amazing, but I definitely don't think across the board foundationally, like that is something necessarily that exists. I mean, sure. Nobody is looking to get into a job again, where you're feeling like you're working 14 to 16 hour days and have no balance, but through very strategic and simple questions, asking in an interview process, you know, what are the work expectations here? What do you expect from a job like this? I think we have to be realistic. And what scares me, and, and there's probably a very lucrative business out there with digital or in content people and people making money up at instant and social and all of that. And that's amazing. But what's the long-term game there? And then the finance husband in me is like, where's your savings? <laughs> like, where's your retirement fund? Unless you want to be working for the rest of your life. Um, right. right. Gotta hit it hard when you're younger. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it out loud. I mean, I was somebody at 20 who was running, you know, multi-million dollar stores and regions at 26 years old. You think about how much we've, we've done. You too, Delia, you know, mm-hmm. in your time and age, like, it, that is maybe just our population and growing up, but you know, there's definitely those that want all the responsibility and definitely mm-hmm. those that, you know, maybe want a little more of a balanced lifestyle. So I I don't think in across all industries, like that is going to be possible. I, I feel right. like, please, if anyone listening, that's growing their career, like just show up and, and put some like meaningful time in now, right. because it's going to set you up later on in life to be able to then continue to balance and my twenties and thirties, it was a grind, but now right. you know, as I'm here. I have great money saved. I'm able to do a lot more. I'm able to expand my business as you guys know, opening coaching and mm-hmm. doing a podcast. And then mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm taking time to diversify and, and do in-person events and maybe have other streams of income that help out. But it's right. just, these are valuable years where you need right. to be out there in the workforce and work alongside people and know what it's like to work with teams and have mm-hmm. professional conversations and know how to write professional email without right. writing, you know, abbreviated words or use like, <laughs> hey, you, you would not believe I see a lot of, I'm going to write a book on how to write thank you notes. That, oh, that's that's going to be my claim to fame next. I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah, I, I think we need to just keep building on our skills and, and for yeah. the future and not say this is 
at 22, 26, 27, five, you know, like it's not, right. these aren't your retirement years. These are your years right. to like make good money. <laughs> you still have the energy too. You know, like yeah. for the love of yeah. Exactly. When Delia was interning at Versace, you know, she was living in New York for the summer. And so she said, she loved what she was doing, but she said, I have to tell you the full-time work thing. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that because I just have so many other things I want to do. Yeah. She was still in college, you know, and I yeah. said, well, sweetie, to be able to do those other things that you want to do, you know, yeah. you do have to work full time to make the money. Yeah. To do it. So the people that yeah. are putting their mental health first and stuff like that, I think when they start seeing people passing them by, as far as moving on up, you know, they might get a little more driven to figure out how to, they can do that too. Cause it is, yeah. you can't get around it. It's, you got to work hard to reap rewards of any kind. Yeah. And even on with the TikTok and social and content, I mean, that's not easy work. You guys no. do a lot of social and creation, like that's a massive amount of time. So I think, yeah. you know, you can still work hard, but I would say as you're growing your career, like absolutely being like, what can I do? Raising your hand and you can still take care of your mental health. I mean, I think right. where that comes in is if you have a really terrible boss or you're working in like a super toxic environment. Yeah. Get yeah. out of there. Get out sure. of there for sure. Because that can, I mean, I've worked for a few really terrible bosses and right. and people that you, you let the sins of the past burn your future. And then you think mm -hmm. like, that's how it is. And it sometimes really mm -hmm. isn't. So mm -hmm. I would say that can absolutely drag you down, but yeah, get out there, experience mm -hmm. it, like work in a few different jobs, industries, like figure out what you like, but definitely know that like with anything, you, you got to put in the time for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a great advice about the boss because, you know, the idea that if you get there first and you leave last, if that is, if, if anyone notices that you are doing that, then you keep doing that. But if you do it for a year and then you feel like no one even cares or knows that you are given everything you've got, then you're right. You know, yeah. get out of there. Yeah. Your life needs to have a purpose. Like even if you're a socialite, I guess your purpose in life hopefully is like charity or something, but that's mm -hmm. what people maybe are missing. Like you having a job is such an important part of your mental health and like yeah. feeling like you're going and contributing and, and that's a huge work is a huge part yeah. of your life. I don't know. People mm -hmm. might yeah. disagree with that, but the book is called, it's by Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week, escape mm -hmm. to five, live anywhere and join the new rich. Mm. <laughs> so, Sounds like a get rich quick book that obviously that doesn't work. I feel like I have that somewhere in my library. I need to like find that and maybe like audit that book of like, right. interesting. What can we learn here? And then maybe tweak it a little bit. Oh, no, no. <laughs> maybe some industries you can't listen tech. Okay. Elon Musk, like fine. Right. You know, in four hours, if you can get it done and move on, great. But sure. I would say fashion that might not, it's not necessarily our pathway. So, right. But yeah. Elon Musk did not get where he is today by working four hours a week. No, he grinds it. Those people at SpaceX and Tesla, yeah, they, yeah. they definitely put the time in. But yeah, it's just those those books are interesting, but also so scary. I don't it know is a little scary because yeah. it does mislead people, especially younger people. You know, yeah. no, it's not um, true. You know, but you learn as you as you get older. Yeah, you experience things. You know. Yeah. Okay, so now we get to the perplexing situation of workwear. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, uh, do, first of all, do you have, do you have discussions about this? Like, are there, oh, yeah. say we really do need them to blank or, or people that want to be hired, but they have opinions about how they want to dress. Yeah. I mean, for the interview, well, there's definitely certain companies that I work with mm -hmm. that have like uniform standards. I mean, right. LVMH, I worked with Louis Vuitton for six years. Mm -hmm. I wore a uniform every season, which actually was kind of great because yes. <laughs> there it is. You, you didn't have to wake up and, you right. know, very cute, like Mark Jacobs inspired. We, uh, you know, we've, we've definitely had some looks over the years. Sure. Um, Save yeah. some of my jackets that I had, but um, <laughs> you know, I think that it's a little, it's kind of refreshing and, and you can have your own personal style 
you know, walk around on your days off on the weekends, you know, whatever it is and like show the world who you're all about. But at work, like, again, like going back to culture and tone and consistency and, and a vibe, you know, there's those standards. I mean, when I worked at Vuitton, we were so immersed too in like how we had to wear our hair a certain way. Right. And sure, like give me all the Givenchy makeup. I'll, I'll sure, I'll take it. It's <laughs> like, right. you know, like this is the palette we want you to wear. And, it, you know what? If it's not something you want to get behind, then um, it, they've changed. They've definitely kind of changed a bit where I feel like now there is a little more personal styling element that you can show. But a lot of these brands, you know, do have a, a business casual um, or you're sorry, a business professional look when you go into an interview of like, what does that mean? And I think that interpretations of that, if you're not working with a recruiter or you don't have like a connection with like a stylist, you can ask questions for, I mean, gosh, you guys have such an incredible resource library. I would hope anybody could go to your YouTubes and we have to keep like promoting that in my network as well. It's like, what are you going to wear? I mean, like that is always what right. I joke in all my interview preps of like, okay, here's the big question. What are we wearing? Right. And, you know, I'll have people send me pictures and sure. you know, um, video, videos or like the styling. I'm like, walk in it, sit in it, see how you feel in it. Because if you, you show up and you're not feeling great, something's nagging you, you have a sure. collar or a pant that's not fitting right. Like it's going to show it's weird. You guys can probably like a hundred percent agree, but you know, when you're not wearing something you love and like your whole mood and attitude is just like off or if it's, it's not fitting right, you know? Right. Right. You um, don't. And sometimes, you know, you need to have that armor on. You need to go in at least feeling strong when you get there. Yeah. If you're making your way in the career world. And also I've heard from employers saying that people are, not understanding what business casual is. They're, they're being too casual. Too casual. Yeah. You know, you know, we have to put away the Sperry's right. and like the Under Armour, like Lululemon, like men, right. <laughs> men right. pants. Like, um, yeah, definitely a time now to, to go shopping again and get those yeah. wardrobe staples in right. there. And right. like anything, you kind of learn to balance. I mean, even with me, when I go to events, I kick it up a notch. Sure. Like I'm not wearing my designer clothes every day for sure, right. but right. know your audience, know what you're going into. And absolutely, like you have to really look the part and, mm -hmm. and really dress the part as well as being able to like share how fabulous that you are. Right. And know your goals. Yeah. I mean, you want to move up. If you want to stand out. That's one of the easiest ways to do it. You know, don't go into work with your hair wet. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you know, those yeah. kinds of things that yeah. it's those, you know, it's, that's something that you actually can control. Yeah. It can really help you in your career. But, um, yeah. and I, I hope that like comfort is important for sure, but I don't know that it always necessarily has to be the, the most important thing that you think about when you get dressed. I mean, I think about my grandfather, he didn't have a pair of blue jeans. I'm not sure. I don't even remember seeing him without a tie. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. you know, I remember talking to my mother. I was like, what about on the boat? I mean, did he wear, what did he wear on the boat? Cause I was too little to remember. And she said he would wear his, you know, his pants and his, and a sort of a button down, maybe not a tie, but I don't know, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But also I was telling Jay, I was somewhere recently eating lunch in Midtown where a lot of people, business people are, were there at lunch for sure. Yeah. And they were not, there maybe were two or three that had on a, at least a sport coat or at least had it on the back of their chair. But most of them had on sort of button down type shirts, collared shirts. And then it might be like that athletic pants. I know, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and so, no, no, no hating on them, but it's no just like it's on the vibe. It's no a, hating on them at all. All I was yeah. right. What yeah. I was thinking was this is a room of lower and middle level employees, mm -hmm. which probably wasn't true, but mm -hmm. their look was not strong. It wasn't like yeah. they didn't look like they were the people in charge. I'll just yeah. say, and that was literally just from watching them sitting at lunch. You know. I could I sort of was playing a game to like who here looks like they're the boss, right? Like who's who here in charge are the people here? that are gonna right? Yeah, that are, you know, really gonna be the ones just that the other people kind of follow. Absolutely. Um, and there's so many brands and you guys know and work with them that yeah. have beautiful workwear that can have a comfort element but still right. look great. Oh, totally, absolutely, you know? right? Yeah. 
And I think that's the thing too. How driven are you? You know, you need to decide that because if you are driven, but you aren't, you know, you're sabotaging yourself by what you're putting on. If you're really driven, you're going to wear whatever they tell you to wear and make sure it's tailored, you know, yeah. Uh, when we were at Tiffany at a little event recently, they tell their employees how to dress too. I mean, no, oh, yeah. but they all, yeah. looked, you could look around and go definitely someone who works here, but they looked super chic, you know, yes. black, but their hair, their everything, yes. what they were doing looked great. Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely um, being, you know, my clients too over the years are ones that I will say, if you're interviewing, you, you get yourself a suit you know, like, or get it tailored. You know, yeah, there's, there's somewhat of like a monochromatic sort of business professional look, but like you said too, like the definition of that means so many things and differently to how someone's going to look at it. So I'm like, just get a great suit, you know, or get a great dress, you know, like a sheath dress, something that fits you like really well, you could throw a jacket over. I mean, there's so many options, but I agree to, walk the walk, excuse me, and talk to talk, it it all has to like align, like your whole, your personal, you are literally like a walking personal brand. (laughs) You know? Yeah. 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 That's important. Our what to wear to a virtual interview. I don't even know when we did this 2020 or something Mm -hmm. on our YouTube channel is consistently. (laughs) I love it. Watching it. I know. I know. I love that in a link to that in the show notes, mom did a great job talking everybody through what to wear. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I want to talk about with you, Megan, is what are your tips for someone to achieve their career goals? What does it take to get to the next level? I was so obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I, was in 20s, I remember sitting there with my boyfriend at dinner being like, I just need to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How mm-hmm. am I going to do this? So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's kind of what we were talking about as we were jumping on the podcast. It's, it's, it's showing up every day. It's not doing the least. Um, you know, it's sometimes like, how are you going to stand out and go above and beyond depending on what your performance measure KPIs are. So, you know, I feel like really understanding the expectations of the job, um, you know, certainly as much as you can raising your hand for, stretch assignments or other projects or to ask if you're able to work maybe cross-functionally with like a new team. What's kind of fun is stay super curious and maybe get to know what everybody on the team is doing and like what their jobs are and like how they contribute and just like really immersing yourself into a business and a culture where your boss, your HR, whomever it is can like see like you're committed I mean, that first and foremost is so important. So showing up and, and doing the lease and checking in and out and grabbing your paycheck. Yeah, that's that's not really going to necessarily help navigate some wonderful next steps in your career. Exactly. Um, you want to be seen. You want to be seen. You want to be heard. You want to have smart things to say. You want to know what's going on in the business. Like you want to know who the leaders are. You, you want them to know who you are as well. I mean, I remember... At Vuitton, you know, in the 57th Towers, being in meetings with like the scariest executives, like the CEO of North America, and <laughs> you know, but it, but it's raising your hand, right? And like having something to say and like sharing your opinions. And I remember um, I, I did that and it was very scary, but like afterwards, my regional called me and she's like, thank you so much for contributing. Like, thank you so much for your thoughts and ideas. Like, it really, it makes a difference. It really does to share your voice in a very meaningful way. And also like wanting to be like a great person to like work around in the office. Like if people know that you have a great attitude and are willing and not somebody that's going to be combative or, you know, always just trying to kind of find their way out of doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah. Then you're not. So I think it's attitude, it's curiosity, it's, you know, being engaged in the business, it's raising your hands, it's asking for more assignments, whatever that is. And then also to career clarity, like in your job that you're on now, like what do you want to do next? And Mm -hmm. having conversations with HR during a review time of like, okay, I, you know, I I really see my succession as this, what is it also going to take to get me to that next level or your direct boss? And Mm -hmm. they'll tell you, 
it's not a secret formula. Those people don't want to work forever either. (laughs) I mean, internal succession is such a beautiful thing when you have somebody that you're grooming to potentially take over a job in the future or to be able to, you know, be promoted and how to Uh do that. So like ask questions, ask also like how you can get there. But, you know, it definitely takes like all those ingredients that I was talking about to not only have career clarity and and making sure you're loving what you're doing and you're feeling like you're on the right path, but also like being visible and being seen. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's those are all um, great, great, great pieces of advice for sure, because, you know, if it's not working, you need to go somewhere else. I mean, I know I remember Delia was just like, I have so many ideas and no one's listening to me. Right. Like, well, you're an assistant. You've just been there three months and you're yeah. straight out of college. You've got to give it some time. Yeah. But also what she did that I thought was smart when she told me about it was she made appointments with all the people above her. Love it. And then she mm-hmm. didn't go in to, to tell them she wanted a raise. She went in and especially the big boss at Barney's thought she was coming in to quit. And she said, no, no, I just want to learn about your career, how you Uh got here and what do you think is important? And of course they all love to talk about themselves and they were impressed that someone under them was interested. Yeah, no, absolutely. It goes back to what I said, like get to know who those like big, big bosses are, have them get to know you, but stay curious, ask questions. Um, and you can't go in it also, you know, being, being a know-it-all and saying like, oh, I have nothing to learn here. I mean, that's, oh gosh, yes. we've all worked around those people. Yes, so. definitely. Don't be that person. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't believe it. I was so obsessed with networking, but I was always networking outside the company. And then someone along the way gave me the advice of you need to network also internally. And my yeah. mind was just like completely blown. And then I like made appointments with all the executives. So, yeah. No, I love it. That's exactly that. You know, you, you've had the secret formula work for you. And I think that that for anyone looking to advance is so critical. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And Aliza Licht, who I know you work with and mm-hmm. had her on the podcast and her leave your mark book. I highly recommend everyone read because there were a lot of things that I unknowingly did wrong in navigating office politics and just going about like actually being the first one there and the last one to leave. That's not necessarily how to go about it. So anyway, yeah. I recommend reading her book and then I'll link to our podcast episode with Aliza too. Yeah, no, she's got such great career advice. We just did um, in her community, a mm-hmm. little chat on personal branding. I love and what, yeah, I know I saw you. Thank you. <laughs> and, and just um, what that means as an individual. So, and networking is so critical. And also when you know how to do that the right way and do it well, it's pretty amazing how many doors can open or just having somebody that will say your name in a room of opportunity. That is like, priceless, you know? So, yeah. Megan, will you tell us about the services you offer your coaching clients and companies, as well as where people can find you? Yes, of course. Well, thanks so much for letting me spend this amazing time with you ladies. Um, So for me, so many sides of my business that definitely work in synergy. I like to coin myself as the one-stop shop for all things career and personal development. Um, So as you introed me in, I mean, first and foremost, I've been in executive recruitment for 10 years. Um, And as you've heard in the podcast, you certainly come from the industry and business. So hiring, working with clients all over luxury fashion and beauty and wellness and fine jewelry, emerging brands, big global brands. Um, If you're looking to hire on your team and, you know, you have retail, corporate and wholesale opportunities, you know, definitely through the Bowerman Group is where I have my you know, sort of client base and um, been loving it and love to meet any new clients that we can help find those superstars that are out there. And on the other side of it as a candidate, should you be looking for a job? I mean, certainly our jobs like ebb and flow, we work for our clients. So a lot of times we're only able to connect with certain candidates when we have jobs for you. However, relationships is the foundation of my business. So love getting to know people. If you're thinking about a career pivot, you know, definitely feel free to email me directly, which, you know, I can give you, and we can put that in the show notes too, but I'm at Megan at Bowermangroup.com. And then on the other side of it, if you're really feeling really stuck, 
or maybe you just quit your job and you're not knowing what's next or um, just really concerned about the health of your business or whatever it is. I do one-on-one career coaching, which, you know, really is so tailored to who comes to me through the Megan Hole method of whether it's cleaning up your LinkedIn and your resume, helping through the interview process, how to navigate reaching out to people and applying for jobs. I mean, there it's just, it's also kind of like a special science <laughs> behind it all, you know, to get out there and get noticed and like make sure you're getting noticed in mm-hmm. the right way mm-hmm. and that all your assets are working for you. It's a much different playing field than it's ever been before, you know, in my 10 years plus of doing this. So, you know, I definitely love doing a lot of one-on-ones. So you feel free to reach out to me. I mean, I have a full website at meganhool.com with all of the ways to work with me. And then also through podcasts, Pivot With Purpose, listen to Allison and Delia's episode. It's super fun. Um, But, you know, that is a, a career sort of life podcast full of inspiration and motivations about people's career pivots and stories and how it can be possible for you to achieve your life goals and how other people have done it. And that really came out through the pandemic wherein I was like, okay, we got voices to share. We have a big community to like lift up and inspire and motivate. So it's another way to engage. And I so appreciate the support of the podcast as well. And, you know, stay tuned. I'm, I'm traveling cities. I'm I'm be in New York soon. So I'm going to be hitting you guys up and trying to do some in-person things and like get back out and to be seen is to be believed, right? From the words of Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, you got to get out there. It's yes, yes. Life, you know, so maybe take that in an interview process, take that, you know, for whatever your journey is, get out there and just be fearless of sharing who you are, your story, be super proud of it. And, um, yeah, it's a, a big wide world to take a hold of out there. So I'm really excited for the future for sure. But lots, lots to do. So many different ways to find me. Mm-hmm. Well, you're wonderful to work with, to speak with. You have such enthusiasm for what you do and so much knowledge. And we are so happy to consider you our friend. And we can't Yay. wait for you to come to the city and get together soon. Shopping. <laughs> Shopping. Shopping. Oh, well, thank you. It's my pleasure. And I'm so grateful for our connection and relationship. Uh, Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and everyone. Thank you for joining and we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Finds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.